1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: I'm to the
0: Never Me and my rain. It gets when we hang. I'm
1: Sports comedy podcast that's immunized, vaccinated, boosted, and made it to championship weekend, which is not a coincidence. I'm your host, Adam Weiner, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and calling the Green Bay Packers owner for comment, which is 3,000 random Wisconsinites named Arnold plus the proprietors of Antonelli's Cheese Shop. They're the Antonellis. Big show today. Comedian Jamel Johnson reflects on the state of the Wizards and takes the rapid fire sports quiz. But first, Let's take a quick trip through the headlines. Well, well, well. It looks like Aaron Rodgers will be boycotting the Super Bowl after all. We don't want to pile on. A lot of people did a lot of Aaron Rodgers jokes the second the 49ers eliminated the Packers on Saturday night. And now it's Thursday, so we're only going to do a lot of them also. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock and go. Rodgers wasn't getting sacked by the 49ers, he was crouching to avoid the crosshairs of the woke mob. Can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to go on Pat McAfee's show this week and threaten him until he agrees to come back as his punter. Hey, does defense technically count as cancel culture? Rodgers isn't biased, he listens to both sides. For example, he listened to the Packers coaches on the first drive and the Niners coaches for the entire rest of the game. See, it's not fair though. The Packers were winning all game long, and then in just a few seconds right at the end, a bunch of 49ers points just showed up. Sounds like voter fraud to me. Hey, who would've ever thought Tom Brady would be the one with the good politics? Man, at least the January 6th rioters crossed the goal line. You knew things were getting bad for Rodgers when the Packers put in backup quarterback Mike Richards from Jeopardy. Rodgers' future is uncertain. He could remain the Packers quarterback, or he could demand a trade to somewhere he's more comfortable, like a Hawaiian mountainside with Miles Teller. Somehow the Packers have gone 30 years with elite quarterbacks and have only won two titles, but Rodgers has a solution, gerrymandering. We should have known it was over when Alex Rodriguez showed up in the stands with, I think, Madison from Southern Charm. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers showed up in Madison with a stubborn arm. Okay, yeah, that one means nothing. It's just a collection of words and sounds, and our time is up. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely a great regular season quarterback and not a great playoff quarterback, and that's the end of it. Anyway, why am I talking about Aaron Rodgers at all when two of the greatest games in NFL history took place on Sunday? Tom Brady led the Buccaneers back from 27-3 down to a tie game before Matthew Stafford hit a wide-open Cooper Cup and set up kicker Matt Gay to secure a victory for the Rams anyway. Such a tough break for Brady, who would have probably won regardless if the Rams had fumbled 46 times instead of just 45. Brady will reportedly mull his future in the wake of this loss and could opt to retire to spend more time kissing his family. Just a few hours later, Patrick Mahomes used two plays in 13 seconds to set the Chiefs up for a miracle game-tying field goal after Josh Allen had put the Bills up with what appeared to be the winning TD pass. Andy Reid reportedly told Mahomes before the drive, when it's grim, be the Grim Reaper. While Mahomes countered with, what? It's very loud. Mahomes and Allen scored 25 combined points after the two-minute warning, said Allen, please shut up. The game was, of course, marred by the NFL's controversial overtime rule that reads, Chiefs win. New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton has walked away from the game. What's next for Payton? He'll take 2022 to reevaluate exactly how he wants to move to Dallas. A U-Haul? Big plane? Lots of options to ponder. Utah Jazz legend John Stockton says 150 professional athletes have dropped dead in the middle of games from the COVID vaccine. John, for the last time, the actors from the back half of the plane in Lost are not professional athletes. Stockton is mistaken, but I know where it comes from. Every time he's asked to come to a jazz game since the pandemic started, a flustered media relations person has just said both teams died and not to bother. And now, comedian Jamel Johnson, broccoli house on Instagram, and the host of Blue Wire podcast NBA Storytime, along with many other great pods, of course, dropped by to talk NBA play-in, his jersey collection, and to roast his NFL rivals for dipping out of the playoffs already. Jamel Johnson, thanks so much for joining me, man. Uh, welcome to the show. And I do want to talk some NFL with you first, because the last time we talked, we actually we actually didn't cover the NFL, and I know you're a pretty
2: big fan, too. Yes, this is true. Uh, got a whole thing. Sorry we love football. Shout out to my two Dannys. We love football, but we hate it, too. It's not good. It's not good. Um, it's really bad. It's really bad.
1: It's one of the worst. I mean, of all the sports, it's, it's one of the worst. And I know mm. that you are, you're a Washington fan in, in football too, right? Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Well, so for the first time in a long time, I mean, I'm a Giants fan. You're a Washington fan. Wow. We've seen our, we've seen our enemies die. Our our enemies are now gone. So I would love if you would help me roast our departed NFL villains who went out week one in the NFL playoffs. Oh, that uh, sounds beautiful. Awesome. Um, so let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what do you, what do you have for the Dallas Cowboys who really, really tried their hardest last weekend, but uh,
2: you know, ultimately came up uh, about two seconds short. I mean, from the moment Zeke stopped wearing a full size Jersey, you knew that this team was doomed uh, year in and year out, it, it remains to be true. Uh, Mike McCarthy, maybe uh, let the guys watch some film instead of putting on Austin Powers again. Maybe don't uh queue up the whole season of The Office, yeah. We're just like still one or by. two episodes, you know, maybe only the good ones,
1: yeah. Michael Scott and the little TV, like that's always yeah, good. that's it. But-
2: we don't need to hear about um Jim and Pam and how they're in love. You made them watch that season? Terrible. Yeah, it could be a distraction. What about the Philadelphia
1: Eagles, who I, I'm sad to say are also out of the playoffs? What a what a bummer that is.
2: Uh, you know, the thing about the Eagles is the players on the field, pretty likable. Everyone who watches the team, detestable human beings. Terrible, gross, <laughs> uh, eating horse poop. No matter what the situation, maniacs whipping batteries around just like gutter trash. I'll just get straight to it. The guys on the field, pretty respectable, but the actual people viewing the team, the scum of the earth. I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's one hell of a and that's what we come here for. That's the kind of
1: roast that we that we come here for. We're waiting for the Eagles to be eliminated so their fans can be reminded
2: that their they fans, eat horse poop. Literally the, the little boogers from the Mucinex commercial. That's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can,
1: I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, um, you see them. I see them. Uh, I don't know if you have any similar feelings about the New England Patriots. Uh, you know, not a division rival, but they're America's rival, and they're also yeah. dead. So I don't know if you have any roasts prepared for the Pats.
2: Uh, Hopefully this will get the tea party to calm down, maybe realize that, you know, it's it's bigger than the sport of football and, you know, everyone should have health care. It seems like liking the Patriots is connected to like straight up systemic racism.
1: It's certainly starting to to seem that way, isn't it? We have we have mounting years of evidence.
2: For sure. If you like the Patriots, you know, you don't think that anyone darker than khaki pants should have a small business <laughs> yeah small not even a big one a, a small not business. even a big business just a small business
1: yeah the tiniest business all right well that's I mean that's more than enough let's let's forget the NFL for a second and before we go into the rapid fire um let's talk uh, let's talk basketball because your team and my team uh the New York Knicks and Washington Wizards are uh theoretically both in the play-in chase um yeah. things have changed a little bit since the last time we spoke I've got Cam Reddish on my bench now, not in the rotation, not playing injured on the bench, but he's there. And the Wizards are still playing in an above 500 clip. Now, has your opinion of your team changed at all since the last time we caught up with regards to the play in?
2: Um, I, I mean, I like what we're doing. It seems like, you know, we've got a log jam in the front court, like all of our, we've got all these forwards and we've got three centers who are actually good. So, and everybody keeps saying we got to make a deal. I would love to see this team figure out how everyone can play 15 minutes and it'll work, but I'm told you can't play 11 guys. So maybe there'll be a deal. I, I'm i not that pressed on Sabonis, but I mean, he is pretty good. The word is we're going after Grant and Sabonis. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Do you have a preference? It's really tough to say, I guess a bonus. I guess a bonus, like I like our bigs, but they're all small in their own ways. Like Thomas Bryant is very fast, but he's just like a tiny, he's got like a baby dinosaur body. Uh, Gafford catches lobs, but also baby dinosaur. Uh, Montrez full-size man, but he's a short dinosaur. It's a different. Instead of thin, he's like down a little bit. So they all are, they all have a different version of tininess that concerns me, but we'll see.
1: I've got the lob
2: catchers. Yeah. I've got the lob catchers for my
1: guys, too. I've got Mitchell Robinson. I've got Jericho Sims in the G League. Like, but I don't have the big man with moves. And so that does bring me to I would love an outsider's perspective on this. Is Zion Williamson in my future? Like, Now that the Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett thing happened, like it's not even that hard. You don't even have to Photoshop the guys together. It's you can find pictures of them hanging out (laughs) together. So like, is am am I preparing for that? And if I am preparing for that, do I want Zion Williamson candidly? Like, is he?
2: Do I want him? I think you do. I think you just—it's about when you get him, because for three to five weeks of the year, he's twenty-five points a game. So I think. I think you want to make a deal at the trade deadline for me. I think you want to get him right now because he'll be hot by the time you get to April and then he will get hurt. And then he will find out about chicken cutlet sandwiches and how to order a chopped cheese. (laughs) And then that's, you know, you got a whole different set of problems, but until then you got a focused guy. Yeah. I can already
1: feel the backlash When he puts on that extra 10 pounds, like I, I, I'm from New York. I know what I'm getting into when I make this deal, but I would, I mean, you know, it didn't take long to convince me. I would still do it. I I hate Duke and I would do it.
2: Come on. Just, you know, one Sausalito Turkey on a hero. It shouldn't, it it should be fine. Just, I don't know how to get him to stop eating sandwiches.
1: (laughs) Not, I mean, But who would know more than Tom Thibodeau when it comes to, like, mastering getting the sandwich gene out of his system? Like, it's got to be Tibbs.
2: It's not me, but it's got to be Tibbs. It's got to be Tibbs. Extracting the want for sandwich from a a guy's DNA.
1: Imagine, Imagine you or I eating in front of Tom Thibodeau in general. Just imagine having to do that
2: oh my yeah, god he's scowling at you he's like a fucking cgi pixar villain yeah you you dropped a little mustard like what? oh come on tips come on man what are you doing with a bow tie on he's <laughs> getting in my ear going there's a dribble of sauce
1: like, oh. on the desk it's like, okay man no i know
2: Tibbs, please
1: yeah he's he's that that's that's who that's my coach that's my guy um all right, let's well let's get out of my fandom. Um, I want to hit you with this rapid fire. Um, react to the questions about your sports history, about your strangest moments in the sports world. Um, hit me with the first thing that comes to mind. Is that all good? Gotcha. Perfect. Um, what is your most awkward chance encounter with an athlete in public, away from the court, or the diamond?
2: Uh, Steve Francis. I saw Steve Francis at one of my favorite uh, restaurants, Uh, It was one of the first times I ever went and led to me going a thousand more times. Po' Boy Gyms, D.C. It's a great place to get a Po' Boy uh, in in the the D.C. proper. And I went by myself. I was really stoned. And Steve Francis was also by himself and also seemed stoned. And we were across each other at the bar, and I just couldn't say anything. I just looked at Steve Francis for upwards of 45 minutes and then i told everybody i knew i was like yo steve francis was at the fucking at the spot and everybody was like for real like yeah people are very excited to see steve francis still in the dc metropolitan area
1: and then you went back because of the food or just because you might accidentally run into steve francis the
2: food was also very good but i was like man steve francis might be in here too shit it's like even more i gotta go you got to go yeah. um have you have you ever
1: worked with any athletes in the comedy space and if so who was the funniest
2: have i ever worked with any athletes in the comedy space um channing fry's okay i'm funnier than channing fry <laughs> uh who else uh well there's one thing that i can't i can't say i don't think i'm allowed to say mm-hmm. it yet but there was there's an active player mm-hmm. western conference you know he he might have won a rookie of the year at some point he's pretty funny. okay say that, but i can't yeah. really yeah
1: Lips lip zipped, but everybody stay tuned. And then when you learn who that person is, you'll yeah. learn that they're also good.
2: Stay tuned. You know, he's been he's been playing basketball from day one. Hmm. Hint.
1: Interesting. Uh this podcast doesn't usually have mysteries on it, but now it does. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just because I don't legally think I'm allowed to say.
1: No, I love it. It's it's great. Um it's it's a little it's a hook. Um, yeah, you gotta get a little hooky i got a little hooky um who is your least favorite player to ever play for your favorite team
2: least favorite player uh well popeyes jones sucked uh for us i would probably say popeye jones he also looked dumb as hell but he's on a bad team it wasn't all his fault um I mean, Mike, Mike and Kwame Brown are a package deal for me. Yeah, like I'm not going to say Kwame Brown's the worst without mentioning that Mike made this happen. Yeah. Uh, so those, that's a guy up there. Uh, honorable mention to Jarvis Hayes, also terrible. Uh, I could keep going, buddy. Oh man. Yeah, a lot of old school, a lot of old school whiz in that mix. Yeah, yeah. Some of my least favorite basketball: uh, Tyrone Nesby whatever uh you're a big you're a big whatever to me yeah
1: good good the right amount of shots fired there uh leading right into if you could trade places with any mediocre athlete not a great one but just an average athlete who would it be and why
2: um probably tyrone nesby again uh, because (laughs) you get to play with jordan still yeah and sure mike's a maniac at this point and Things aren't working out. But you still get to hang out with Mike. He's still coming out with New Jordans every year. It'd probably be pretty good. Perfect. Who is the worst
1: basketball player who you're still confident is good? Like, you're going to go into an argument and be like, I'm not giving up on X yet.
2: Russell Westbrook. Can't wait for him to go back to Houston. Uh, People are just – they just want to put him in the trash so bad. And – It's just not his fault. He cares too much. I can't believe he's about to get run out of his own town. Yeah, this
1: is a depressing time to mention Russell Westbrook, but it's a perfect answer. Yeah, Yeah. we all still have. We all still got love for us. Uh, What is what is the worst sporting event you've ever attended, either in terms of heartbreak or in terms of just looking at yourself in the mirror and going, why did I why did I buy this ticket?
2: Definitely a football team game. I mean, I've seen a few shellackings. You know, I've seen the Giants put up 50 on us. I've seen us get our shit kicked in by the Chiefs, multiple Eagles losses. Um, Just you name it. I've seen us take it on the face. Any opponent, you name them. I've seen a lot of bad football team games. The worst would probably be Giants Monday night. There was a Monday night game that 50 ball. Eli destroyed us. And uh, I could have been at my house. You know, I could have been warm.
1: Yeah, I've never been to FedEx. Is it as hard to get in in and
2: out of, as people say? Like, is that a day trip? It's, well, it depends on where you are. It's kind of hard. I mean, if you, like, there's a train station, but it's a mile away good good place for it to be so mile away mile back that sucks if you drive it's not that bad the tailgating situation is pretty good a lot of you can you can just do a lap around the stadium and find your way to a sausage so if you can drive driving is the move for sure and it's not that bad and if you drive there's a bojangles outside of the stadium at largo town center
1: That's a that's a positive. Like all of that is a positive. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought you were just going to rag on the FedEx Transit. Oh, I mean, oh
2: no, no. I mean, you know, that's the only good part. The stadium itself sucks. Uh, Chicken (laughs) tenders suck. uh, Seats suck. Yeah, it all sucks.
1: Yeah, good. Get there early. Leave early as well. Um, Now I know you're a big Jersey guy, so I'm excited for this. Um, What are the three most surprising jerseys that you own?
2: Hmm, I have a Randy Moss Raiders jersey. <laughs> uh I have a Porzingis Knicks jersey. I got that. Don't want it. Yeah. Um, what's another surprising? Surprise. <laughs> um, oh uh, you know what? I have a Vic Eagles jersey. That's a surprise. As a football team fan, that's a big surprise. Yeah, what led to that? Well, because Vic's a Virginia guy. Yeah and um i just feel bad that he went to federal prison i know what he was involved in was pretty fucked up and i would never make dogs fight but um you know people have gotten less time for human murders yeah so it's just a little tough and he's because he's from va and he's sick and he was really good and madden and, and just that the redemption of philly Mike Vick is uh, very important to me.
1: Yeah. And you made it clear you hate the fans. You don't necessarily hate the Eagles players. So yeah, it's not no, about Eagles that players
2: have been great throughout the course of history. Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, great players. Just the people who, who support the team. Evil, evil trash gremlins. What
1: about one more on the flip side? What is the jersey purchase that you have made? that you regretted the fastest? What was just lightning speed? Like, you know what? I don't need that. Whoops.
2: Porzingis. Uh, Nick's, <laughs> that was probably the one. Because I misunderstood. Yeah, too. My surprise, uh, Sonic's Ray Allen. Mistake, Nick's Porzingis. <laughs> Good.
1: I got Nick's Porzingis for Christmas. And it was like the Christmas before the, you know, the train went off the rails. And oh. it's definitely... My number I mean, my top two are Nick's Porzingis. And then I also have buried in a drawer, uh, Antonio Brown Raiders. It was funny for eight days.
2: Yeah. Things, oh boy. Uh, That Porzingis jersey is like 10 bucks on NBA.com right now too.
1: Wow. Everybody flock directly to NBA.com if you want to feel the same horrible emotions that Jamel and I are feeling. Jamel Johnson, thanks so much, man. Uh, Anything you'd like to plug at this time? And where can the people find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on Broccoli House on Instagram. You can find me at Nonprofit Comic on Twitter. And uh, I got a couple basketball shows NBA Storytime and uh, Airbuds. Uh, shout out to the Blue Wire Army. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for joining,
1: man. And I appreciate you, man. Jamel Johnson, everybody. If you want a Porzingis jersey of your own, please don't hesitate to reach out. Please don't hesitate to ask. Please don't hesitate to demand. We have two extremely untouched and very available. And now, my final flame. Was the Bills-Chiefs contest that wrapped Sunday's divisional round action the greatest NFL game ever played? Not if you're like me and you're an ardent defender of my favorite thing about professional football, the overtime rule. When I was just a boy, I fell in love with the NFL for one reason and one reason only. The fact that it was possible for only one team to touch the ball in overtime. That counterintuitive decision fluttered my heartstrings because watching other people seethe gave me strength. Dark impulse, definitely. I guess it comes from my father, who was a horrible man. Alas, so it be, and my love of the extremely unfair by nature overtime rule was born in the schoolyard, when describing it on Monday morning became the easiest route to making my classmates cry. But now, all of a sudden, just because their darling Buffalo Bills lost without ever touching the ball, the NFL's brain sheep want to change the rule to something more quote-unquote fair quote-unquote to Buffalo. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Bills have a chance to say heads instead of tails? What's so unfair about that? They chose wrong, and wrong decisions come with consequences. And oh, I'm sorry, but isn't football as a sport famously half defense? In my opinion, the same defense that was so dead it joined forces with the Chiefs unit to allow four scoring drives in the final two minutes of game action should have immediately gotten a second win, and caused a strip sack, pig six, or something else insane that hadn't happened all game. Who's with me? Ever went over 65? We did it! Sadly, momentum is not on our side. And this shocking ending might be the death knell for the rule my pappy read to me every night when he propped me up on his knee and said, At some point, you'll have to stop sitting here while I read you the NFL rulebook at 8 in the morning. You are 38. Until that day, though, savor the quirks like Sunday's showdown. Sorry, Josh Allen, but you know next to nothing about coins, and that is your greatest flaw. My thanks to Jamel Johnson. Check out Blue Wire's NBA Storytime. See you next Thursday.